Those of you online, <clears throat> we welcome you. We're so glad you're here. I want to begin this morning perhaps a little differently, and I, I want to encourage you to get up. It's time for us to, to look above the clouds. It's time for us to, like on an airplane, you know, when you start off and there's a storm, and then you get above the clouds, and you go, wow, the sun's actually shining. This is really kind of cool, isn't it? And so I, I know there's a lot of messes in your world. I know there's a lot of mess in our country. I don't know what country you're tuning in from, but I know there's messes in every country, in every parliament, in every situation in government. And, and so I, 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 we're not ignoring that. Uh, we're not ignoring a lot of challenges in, in the land. We're not ignoring the challenges that you have uh, in, in your own life. Everybody in the room has challenges. But it's time this morning we're going to look up because it's only when we get above the clouds that our problems get really small. It's only when we get up and above that we can begin to see life in a whole, whole different perspective. So we're, we're not ignoring our country's challenges, divisions, issues with Supreme Court, issues with the economy, issues in politics, issues in finances, issues, issues, issues. We're, we're, we're not ignoring those. I'm not ignoring your pain. I can't imagine what every seat could tell today. Every seat, wherever you are at home, could tell a story of, of incredible a relationship pain, a financial pain. Maybe you got, low, got let go this week. Maybe you went bankrupt this week. Maybe a, a child ran away from home this week. Maybe, maybe there was a divorce in your... I can't imagine the pain. So we're going to pray, but then I'm going to pretend like I can't see your pain, okay? We're going to get up. I, I got it. But I want to ask you to stand with me, and we're going to pray for our country. We're going to pray for our president. We're going to pray for his wife. We're going to pray for our nation and our land. So will you join me in prayer? You're a kind and merciful father. And we come today to pray for Joe and Jill Biden. Lord, I, we pray for great wisdom for our president. And I can't imagine how difficult Jill's job is. So we pray for Jill as well. We pray for our Supreme Court justices. And we pray for our Supreme Court justices' spouses and their families and the pressure and the pain that they're undergoing. I can't imagine Jerome Powell's job as the Fed chairman trying to make really wise decisions and, and his spouse and, and his family. We, we uplift them. You teach us in the Word of God to pray for our, our leaders and to pray for our nation and to pray for our land. And so we come before you, and, and Lord, we, we, we pray for our own problems. I want to recognize that there's all kinds of social issues, and there's all kinds of financial issues, and relationship, and conflict issues, and health issues. There's probably a plethora of health issues today that are plaguing us. So we come before you, and we just say, Lord, right now we're going to give all these to you, but today we're going to leave with a new perspective. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> so I've mentioned to you before that the Bible is filled with promises. And the reason why this is so important is these promises are to be embraced. 
It's what the psalmist says, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You want the promises of God in your heart. And so what I would do if I were you is I'd make a list, do it on your phone, your notes in your phone, or get a notebook or whatever, lipstick on your bathroom mirror, whatever. And I would start writing down, I don't have any lipstick, but I would start writing down just promises of God. And promises that are near and dear to you. There's 7,487 promises. That's amazing. 7,487 promises. Today, we're going to study and look at promise number 7,487. Today, we're going to look at the very last promise in the Bible. I don't expect you to remember this, but those of you that are numbers people... There's 31,173 verses in the Bible. Today, we're looking at verse 31,172. We're going to look at the very next to last verse. We're looking at the last promise and the very next to last verse in the entire Bible. And here it is, Revelation chapter 22. Here's what it says. Yes, I am coming soon. That's it. Yes, I am coming soon. I'm not ignoring the issues. I'm not ignoring your pain. I'm not ignoring your problems. But get up. Get up. Because when you're seated with Christ in the heavenlies, everything looks a lot smaller down here on this earth. Get up. And when you look above the clouds, it's that airplane. You get above the clouds and you're like, this is a beautiful day. You go back down. Man, this is a crap storm. I mean, right? That's, that's the way it looks like. So get up. Get up because he is coming again. This promise needs to be this way. Most of us are doing this. Most of us are doing this. Most of us live right here. It's time to live right here. And that's how we're going to leave today, with you living right here. Now, I got several stages to this sermon, and it's way too big and way too many pieces, so you're going to have to listen really quickly. The first one I just want to list is what most people agree on how he's coming back. Methodists, Baptists, Charismatics, Episcopalians, Roman Catholics, everyone pretty much agrees that these eight points I'm going to share with you very quickly is how the content will happen. There are nuances, but everyone agrees this is pretty much how Jesus is coming back. Number one, Jesus will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. Now, all these references and all this is in your app, so if you don't have the Harborside app, you're going to want the Harborside app because this material today is just it's full. So, again, you're going to want to look these up yourself. But Jesus is going to descend from heaven with a shout. Can you imagine what happens when he shouts? Gives me a chill. Number two, he will appear in flaming fire with all the holy angels. Not the unholy angels. The holy angels. Those who are dead in Christ will be the first ones resurrected. Then those who are alive will be caught up with him in the air. I love this. My dad. My grand my grandfathers, my father-in-law, my grandmothers. 
Danita's brother, all these wonderful people who've gone on, they'll be the first ones. Then we who are alive will be caught up in the air with them. It's called the rapture. The kings of the earth with their armies will be conquered. That's the battle of Armageddon. The, king and the, domin- the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to God's holy people. You will be given the rights to rule in the kingdom. Living water will flow out from Jerusalem, bringing divine life to everything and everyone in the world. Jerusalem will become the world's capital, and the government of God will be established globally. The redeemed of the Lord will be kings and priests. Remember the priest series that we did? Please tell me, at least three of you remember the priest series. All right, thank you. The priest series. Well, some of you will be kings. All of you will be priests. Every single one of us are priests will be priests and will reign on the earth. And Satan will be bound in a bottomless pit. So what happens between now and then? And and how how do I make sure that I, I get there? How do I make sure that I'm a part of whatever God's doing? Well, the Bible says you you become a Christian. The Bible says you become a follower. The Bible would say you become a believer of God. Now, how do you do that? How do you become a believer? And then what does that really mean? Well, you say to yourself and to your father and to Jesus, I recognize I need a Savior. You're the Savior. I give my life to you. That's how you become a Christian. Max Lucado years ago said it's too good to be true, but it's too great to pass up God's grace. It's a great statement. And so you give your life to Christ. What happens when you give your life to Christ? At that moment, your name gets written in the Lamb's book of life. That's a really big deal. At that moment, all of your sins get cleansed and forgiven. That's a gigantuous deal. At that moment, you also get the Holy Spirit who's come to live inside of you. It's kind of like a pilot light on a gas stove. It might just be a little flicker, or that pilot light might be turned up, but you get as much of the Holy Spirit in your life as you possibly want and dream, and we'll talk more about that later. But when you become a Christian, all of your sins, past, present, and future, are wiped away. You now qualify for heaven. You, You get eternal life. Now, Then what we begin to teach, though, is that, okay, you got saved. Well, now what? I I, I got my sins forgiven, but but now now what do I do? I still got to go to work. You still got to go to school. I still got to pay bills. I still got taxes. I mean, I I got saved, but, but now what happens? And so Jesus is always talking about the kingdom of God. And there's such a difference between the gospel of salvation and the gospel of the kingdom. Now, we live in this earthly kingdom, but we don't live for it. Jesus is saying, get up. Look up. You're you're in this earthly kingdom. You got to go to work. You got to pay bills. You got to get rent. You got to have housing. You got to have food. You got to take care of your kids. You got to take care of your, or your grandparents, whatever. This is the kingdom of this earth. So many people are only living for the kingdom of this earth. And Jesus is saying, there is a kingdom of God 
that you and I are to be a part of and to pursue every single moment of our lives. So, there is the gospel of salvation, but there is the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of salvation is, I got saved. I gave my life to Christ. He cleansed me of all my sins. And if you never step into your intention, if you never step into the pursuit of the kingdom of God, he is so merciful, he is so kind, he will forgive your sins, you get to go to heaven, your name's in the Lamb's book of life, it never gets blotted out. He is so, so kind. But what he's begging you to do is to step into the gospel of the kingdom. To where every single day, yes, you're on this earth. Yes, you're working, living, producing, manufacturing, whatever. But you are not living for this kingdom. You got one eye here, but you're living up there. You're looking up there. And so the gospel of the kingdom is his heart's desire for you. I think a lot of us never get there, though. Because, number one, I think we're so distracted with this kingdom. But I also think we, as theologians, have not done a really good job of helping you understand that it's not just when we get to heaven, when we get all these perks and benefits and spiritual gifts and fruits of the Spirit that God has in store for us. So I want to step into that right now. I want to talk about what I think is well-intentioned, but I think it's misguided. And I want to be so kind to other faiths and denominations and other theories, but I, I just, I'm just going to level with you. So we know that when we get to heaven, it's going to be awesome, Right? I mean, nobody's going, heaven's going to be a bummer. It's going to be a drag. Man, I wish this wasn't very good, you know. None of us believe that. But we're not really sure that those things apply today. We're not really sure that we can have pieces of heaven now. So we go ahead and live for today, and then it'll all just kind of sort itself out when we get there. All right? So let me share with you what I'm trying to say. Again, this is all on your app. There are 10 ways the Bible says we will be like him in a fullness. When we're in glory with him, there are 10 specific ways that we will fully manifest the presence of God. The first one is um, Matthew chapter 13. It says, And the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father, and what it says is, is we will be like him in appearance. Okay. When we get there, we, we will be like him in appearance. That, that's great. Revelation 3.21, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious. Okay, so we will be like him in what? In, in victory. Great. 1 Corinthians 13.12, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully. So I'll have, I'll be like him in what? 
supernatural intelligence, won't I? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. I'll be like him in emotions. I won't have this emotional roller coaster. I won't have to struggle. That'll be a great day with emotions. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. We'll have supernatural abilities. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father. We will be like Jesus in oneness. There's a oneness with the Father that we will share. I've given them the glory that you gave me. We will be like him in glory. Can you imagine how awesome that will be? And let the holy person continue to be holy. We will be like him in holiness. I've, I've got a long ways to go on that one. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Someday, oh, someday we will be like him in holiness and maturity. The one who's victorious, just, we can just stop right there. Someday I will be like him in what? In, in victory. I, I will be like him in victory. So I want you to look at those ten. What a lot of groups and pastors and teachers and well-intentioned people do is we kind of conclude that that's not for the here and now. That's only for the there and the then. That, that's not for your life today. That's someday when Jesus comes again on the clouds and the voice of the archangel and all that good stuff happens. That's when I can step into my intention. And I, I want to challenge that. Yes, those things will be fully realized and fully manifested someday. But let me ask you this. Are, are those things only for the there and the then and not for the here and now? I mean, are, are, are those things... I mean, who wants a faith that only works in heaven... But it doesn't work here on this earth. Who wants a faith that isn't for today? It's only for tomorrow. It's only for someday that that God can do all that. God God can't do that today. God can't do all that in your life now. And so we begin to teach about, yes, he is coming again. Yes, he is coming soon. Yes, look up, look up, look up. But what about the kingdom of God that you're involved in? What about the intention that God has for you? What is God predestined for you? Which just means what is God's will and intention for you? How does he want you to solve problems? How does he want you to get involved? How does he want you to change the culture? How does he want you to build communities? How does he want you to build families? If this only works in heaven... I don't really want a faith that only works in the there and the then. I want a faith that works now. I want a faith that works today. All right, let's keep going. What happened when the veil of the temple was rent in half? What happened when the blood of Calvary sprinkled on the mercy seat in the Ark of the Covenant. 
What happened when that blood, that atonement blood came down on top of that mercy seat? And now the veil between the holy of holies and the holy place, now the separation between God and man is just ripped apart and now they're together. Well, what happened? What was Jesus saying? It's for your good, disciples, that I go away because if I go away, the counselor will come. When the counselor comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will remind you of things you don't know. John 14, John 16. Why did Jesus say that over and over and over again? Look at the entire book of Acts. The very first chapter, Jesus said, guys, don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Stop. Don't do any ministry until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, power is going to come on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and the ends of the earth. Why did he tell them to wait? And the whole book of Acts is really the acts of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life today. Let's go back to these 10. You see, what happens is your appearance transforms. And so you're not a Christian, you're going through life, you go through college, you mess up at spring break, you have a first marriage that fails, you have a business and you cheat somebody, whatever. All of a sudden, you hear the gospel. Mama's been praying for you for 30 or 40 years, whatever happens, and you hear the gospel. And all of a sudden, you're not the same man. You don't look the same. You don't talk the same. You don't think the same. You don't react the same. You are a different person. Your appearance now is the glory of God in you. You are a different woman. You are a different man. You now have authority. The Holy Spirit's come inside of you. You're now a priest. And you begin to pray and bless people. And you pray over people. And you pray for family members. And as a priest, your authority, I pray every day for my three grandkids to have a greater heart for God. I take authority over my grandchildren's hearts and their future. Are you with me on this? You see, this is a faith that's not for some day. Oh, when I get to heaven. See, the problem with that is you won't live for Christ today. It's why people don't really think worship's a big deal. It's why people don't really think tithes and offerings are a big deal. It's why people don't really think that reading the scriptures are a big deal or having a quiet time is a big deal. It's not a big deal if you just want to get saved. It is a colossal deal if you want to participate in the kingdom of God. And this is available for you, for me, today. Supernatural intelligence. You pray to solve problems. You pray for a business idea. You pray for God to spark something inside of you. If you're a business owner, who do you hire? Who do you not hire? Well, what do you do? If you're a mom, every mother needs to embrace supernatural intelligence. Amen? <laughs> Amen. That's with spades and whatever. It's just absolutely... And so are you stuck in your emotions? Are, are you going to stay stuck for all 80 or 90 years of your life? 
Is this only available when you get to heaven? No, it's not. Now, I do think there's a fullness. I do think there's a completeness. But you look at every one of these, holiness. Some of you in this room, I mean, I know you don't feel holy. I know you don't think you're holy. But you've changed. You've gone to not caring, to cleaning up your act, to cleaning up your life. You've, you've, You've become a holy woman. And you would laugh at that if I told you that. You'd say, oh, Kurt, you really don't know me. No, I don't. I just know where you were. Or you're, you're a holy man. No, I don't feel holy. You really are because God's transforming you. This is how he's changing you. And you're not the same person. And so all of these then, maturity, victory, all of those, they're available for you today. You just have to choose what kingdom you're going to live in. Everybody lives in a kingdom. You're going to live in the kingdom of this earth and live 80, 90 years for you, or you're going to be a part of the kingdom of this earth, and you're going to live for the kingdom of God. It's just a kingdom choice that you have to make. And the difference They are icebergs and continents apart. Get up, because he's coming soon. He's coming again. Now, I don't know how challenging your life is, but I I do know that we're all going to die. And at that moment when we all die, there are some really cool things that happen in the spiritual world. And for those of you that have given your life to Christ, I want to share with you, there's like, there's like 12. And this is a really good sermon message for those of you that aren't Christians to know what we believe and to know whether or not you want to be a part of this. It's a really good idea. So here's 12 things that do happen only when you get to heaven. And they're incredibly encouraging. Number one, to him who's faithful, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life. It's how we started. We started with the tree of life, and we're going to go back to the tree of life. And the tree of life keeps us from aging. Won't that be sweet? (laughs) Hallelujah. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. You will be crowned. You will be given a crown. There's a crown coming for you to be faithful unto death. Tim who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. That's a really big deal. Tim overcomes, I will give him the hidden manna to eat. Not fully sure what that means. I got an idea, but it's going to be good. Okay. I will give you a white stone, and on that stone, a new name. Everyone who's a believer will be given a new name. It's a name that you really like. God, God names you. To him who overcomes and keeps my works to the end, I will give authority over the nations. That may not be a big deal to you, but he wants you to be a king, and some of you will, he wants you to be a priest, and some of you will be kings, and we'll rule the new heaven and new earth. I will give him the morning star. 
He who overcomes will be clothed with white garments. For you fashion people, you're really going to like what you look like. Okay? You are. You're going to be styling, baby. You're going to be styling. I will not blot your name out of the book of life. This is a really big deal. Forever and forever, you're with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I will confess your name before my Father. This one gets me. And before his angels. When you get to heaven, God is going to call out, Jesus is going to call out your name. And the thousands upon thousands of angels are going to hear your name. And God's going to hear your name. And God is going to hear Jesus say, that's my boy. That's my girl right there. When she was 12, Father, she got baptized. When she was 44, she gave her life to Christ. When he was 63, he walked the aisle and gave himself. You're going to hear your name and your story. And Jesus is going to tell your conversion story before thousands upon thousands upon thousands of myriads of angels. And the Father's going to go, come on in. Come on in. Come into the kingdom. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I will confess your name before my Father and before his angels. Wow. As him overcomes, will I grant to sit with me on my throne? I, I, that's, that one blows my mind, too. Must be a really big throne. Must be huge. He who overcomes shall inherit all, all things. Shall inherit all, all things shall inherit all things. Those 10 things that we just talked about, those are for today, but you will inherit the fullness of them that day and at that moment. So we're going to worship a little bit and sing that song. I've asked Ethan to pause to come back out. And I, I thought about something that they said a couple weeks ago in their sermon. And I'd never put this together before. So I want I to encourage you and challenge you with this. Ethan and Paul's were talking a few weeks ago about how everybody says now's a terrible time to do this, and now's a terrible time to raise kids, and now's a terrible time to have kids, and now's a terrible time to do everything. And, and you know what? It just isn't true. God's never in a hurry, and God's never late, and God's never wrong. If God gave you this, and God gave you that, and God gave you this, he's never wrong. You can clap about that. Amen. I agree. It's the right time. It's the right time to do this, and have this, and be this, and go there. It's the right, the right time. But you guys said something in your sermon. I've been preaching this verse for 40 years, and I never, it hit me like a ton of bricks. You know, all of a sudden, the verse just like grips you and just, just, just brings you to your knees. They talked about, at the end of their message, Romans 8, 28, and, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and called according to His purpose. And they just made a side reference to, they said, we know. We know that God causes all things to work together. We, we know. And I thought, we don't know. I wasn't correcting your sermon. But I thought, I thought, that's the problem. The problem is we don't know. 
Because if we knew that God caused all things to work together for good, we'd be looking up. We wouldn't be looking down. We know that God, everything's not good. The miscarriage is not good. But we know God causes all things to work together for good. The bankruptcy is not good. But we know that God has the authority to cause all things to work together for good. We know that. That's where we live. And so you can have the gospel of salvation, which is the way you get in the Lamb's Book of Life. But he's saying, come on, there's more. Step into the gospel of the kingdom. Start looking up here. Start living up here with the kingdom in mind. Now, how, how do we do that? Well, we continue to worship. And when you worship, the kingdom vision gets unlocked. So let's sing that new song again, then I'm going to come back and do a ministry moment for us. Stand with us, and we're going to worship that song that they taught us earlier in the, in the message. Let's sing, Behold. He appears within the clouds, brighter than the sun, and every knee will bow to exalt the
let's um, let, let's repent. Let's tell God we're sorry that we've gotten distracted and confused. Let's tell God that we want to live for the kingdom of God, not just the kingdom of, of salvation. Would, would you right now just pour out your heart to God and say, please forgive me. I'm covered by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of my testimony. I, I confess, I repent. Everybody online, everybody in the house, wherever we want to step into our intention, bless us, God. Bless us in Jesus' name. Pour out your spirit on us. Pour out your spirit among us. Let us grow and grow and grow in our faith. Encounter us as we trust in you. And I got I to gotta say the most important step, though, is for those of you that have never given your life to Jesus. That's a really big deal. And today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. Today is your moment. So inside of your heart, you say, God, I give my life to you. I surrender. I surrender. Jesus, I need a Savior. I give my life to you. Let's worship the Holy Spirit. We will worship this we will worship to prepare the way for you for the joining of the real bride we are bride in your room as we wait we will worship jesus to prepare the way for you for the joining of the two we are bride Father, we love you. We thank you that we get to prepare the way for your return. Lord, we take our eyes from what's going on below us or beside us, and we look up to you today, Lord Jesus. You are our king. You are in control. 
we worship you. We love you. We will worship and prepare the way for you to be one with you once again. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.